How do social entrepreneurs and small businesses create an authentic brand people love so they can get the edge they need to stand out, create predictable revenue, and compete against the big guys? That's what we're here to discuss. I'm Adam Force, the founder of Change Creator, and this is the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Appreciate you being here. This is your host, Adam Forrest. Don't forget to stop by iTunes and leave us a five-star review, guys. That stuff goes really far, and we appreciate it in supporting the show. Um, today, we're going to be talking to somebody in the media space. So they're building a media brand, um, and, and that is not an easy task. So he is uh, the founder, co-founder, and CEO of .LA. The other co-founder was somebody who uh, was the co-founder for Zillow, actually. You probably heard of that app. I use it all the time looking at real estate. <laughs> um, so essentially, .LA is a news and events company focused on shining a light on innovative projects within the national LA startup space. All right, so the tech startup space to be specific. Um, so he, Sam is actually a former financial journalist for Bloomberg and uh, Reuters, and he has a um, you know, degree from Harvard and all that fun stuff. So they, what's really interesting is as they launched this thing in 2020, they had to deal with COVID uh, to, as they're building this brand up. And in spite of that, they did close a $4 million uh, seed round. Um, and they have uh, investors, including like Upfront and Graycroft. You might have heard of Graycroft, pretty popular uh, investment team. Um, even the LA Dodgers and a few other really cool uh, investors. So that's not, you know, that is not easy, but that is what it takes. And, and honestly, $4 million is just like a drop in the bucket when it comes to building a media company. So we're going to get into a lot of cool stuff that they've been going through and sorting out. And if you missed the last episode, it was with Jake Orak. That, now we brought Jake back and we talked about e-commerce because he's been evolving and building an e-commerce brand. And he's definitely breached the seven-figure mark, and he's doing a lot of great things. So, tons of good insights about um, you know how he's optimizing his website, you know, you know analytics, imagery, videos. We talk about all that stuff. Um, really valuable for you guys in the e-commerce space. And I gotta say, like the image conversation is important. And when we work with clients in the brand studio, um, it's a major focal point. You've got to have in e-commerce the proper. Um, imagery and sometimes you want really authentic and raw and sometimes you want really polished right so we talk about that stuff and when when to do what but that's a major focus when we're building websites um, for conversions building trust and uh, you know trying to really drive those sales like the pink bakery who has had over 40% increase in average cart value which is exciting all right guys let's get into this conversation and we'll talk to uh, Sam okay show me the heat Hey, Sam, welcome to the show today. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I'm glad that you made it. I'm excited to kind of learn about some of the steps you've been taking because, you know, when we first started Change Creator, we did start a little bit more as a media company, but not a very traditional media company. And it seems like you've taken some really cool steps, um, raising some funding and things like that. So it uh, looks like you're building a cool brand. So tell me a little bit about uh, what you have going on, you know, what's in, what's going on in your world today that's exciting and then a little background on how you got there. 
Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so I'm the co-founder and CEO of a company called DotLA, which is uh, uh, a media company uh, that that provides news events and community for the Los Angeles tech and startup ecosystem. Uh, you know, the idea is. You know, LA specifically, but there's a number of uh, uh, really great, you know, tech hubs outside of Silicon Valley that are just completely exploding right now. And um, so much cool stuff happening, but uh, it really flies under the radar because the current media ecosystem uh, around tech, you know, is, is very much focused on. Bay Area or, you know, maybe New York and, you know, it's is not really uh, kind of ready to, you know, uh, accommodate all of these new hubs that are that are, uh, that are that have been rising over the past couple of years. And so uh, that's the, the opportunity that we saw to create something that would shine a light on all this amazing stuff that's happening uh, in L.A. and, uh, um, you know, help catalyze the growth of the community and make it, you know, be the best that it can possibly be. So, um, so I co-founded it uh, a little over two years ago now. Um, my co-founder is, uh, and our executive chairman, um, is a guy named Spencer Raskoff, who was the oh. co-founder and longtime CEO of Zillow. Uh, oh, yeah. And before that was, uh, uh, had done Hotwire. And he had just moved back uh, to L.A., uh, after a decade up in Seattle, which is where Zillow is based. Um, yeah. he's, he's from LA originally, as am I. Um, and, you know, saw all this great stuff that was happening. And I was like, why isn't there you know, something that's covering all of this great stuff? Um, and so, um, so he and I, you know, linked up and uh, decided to start what's now LA to, to fill that gap and to shine a light on all this great stuff that's happening. And so, mm-hmm. um, so we spent the rest of the year, uh, you know, building the product, building the team. We have a bunch of great journalists and, you know, event staff and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we raised a, uh, we raised a seed round, uh, $4 million seed round from basically all of the major venture capitalists and angels in LA, you know, who wanted to see the community here thrive. Um, and so we then la- uh, we launched the site uh, in ju- the end of January of last year. Uh, so definitely an interesting year one to, uh, you know, have <laughs> yeah, something that's damn. like predicated on like events largely and stuff like that. And then six weeks later, the world ends, right? Um <laughs> So, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, now we've been getting back to doing, uh, these in-person events. We have our, our huge summit coming up, uh, at the end of October that we're super psyched about. And, uh, we're actually like looking at, you know, places like, uh, uh, you know, about, about, you know, expanding and like taking this model that we built about, you know, really shining a light on and having a positive influence on, you know, non-Silicon Valley emerging tech hubs uh, yeah. and, you know, potentially, you know, taking the show on the road. Uh, and there's like so many other places that, that uh, uh, you know, fill, fit the same profile of LA. It's just like a really exciting uh, hub of innovation that, that has so much room to grow. So we've been having a great time uh, the past, you know, couple of years and uh, just, just getting started. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a big year one. Um, and I'm always curious. So, you know, it always, it's nice that I guess you started with, uh, I forget his name is Spencer, uh, the guy, yeah. your partner. So yeah. And it was just the two of you out of the gate. So yeah, I, I liked, you know, for something like this, I always find media so fascinating because it's not, I'm just selling coaching services and making 10 grand a month. It's like, you don't, 
you don't have an out of the gate sellable product necessarily. What was, and so, you know, raising revenue becomes important because it's such a heavy content game, right? So that the overhead is pretty massive. And Mm -hmm. I'm always curious, um, what was the starting conversations and starting point like, because I'm sure you guys were thinking, well, we need revenue channels. So where does that start for a media company? Because it looks like you have a vision to be a pretty substantial size kind of media company, not just like a few articles here and there. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're trying to start from first principles on, you know, how to really, uh, how to build a media company um, that is focused on, you know, reaching as many people as possible and shining a light on, uh, you know, as many companies to as wide of an audience as possible, um, you know, in 2021. Uh, and so, you know, we, we decided pretty early on not to do kind of the standard paywall, um, you know, subscription model. I think yeah. with that, um, you know, a lot, a lot of companies have, uh, a lot of publications have been finding success with that model. And that's really, that's really awesome. But, you know, we decided <laughs> that that wasn't what, uh, that wasn't going to work for us. I mean, yeah. you know, because you're, you're limiting your audience so much because as soon as someone has to get the credit card out, you know, you're, you're really, really kind of narrowing the number of people that you're trying to reach. Especially if you don't um, have brand equity yet. Right. It's like, exactly right. Yeah. And, and in, in media, this stuff takes time, right? It just, it, yeah. you know, you can't just come out of the gate and immediately get that. You, you do have to incrementally build the brand. And actually a funny thing about that is uh, more and more these days, I like, we'll have conversations with people and, and then they'll be like, you know, like uh, they'll have thought that we've been around for like, you know, five, 10 years or something like that. And it's like, no, we're like a year old. And, it, you know, it's been it's been funny. It's like so we did take that kind of like we want to build the brand organically. Uh, and it's, it's funny the amount of progress that we've been able to make in a comparatively short amount of time to, you know, not only have awareness, but like people think that they've just like always been aware of us. Right. Um, (laughs) Which which is, which has been kind of funny. Um, But as far as revenue goes, um, so we decided that, that, you know, we weren't going to chase, you know, $5 a month, um, you know, subscription fees from from all of the readers that was just, it didn't serve the mission and it was just going to be too, you know, it it was just going to be difficult for the kind of thing that we're trying to do. So instead we focus on, um, you know, events were always a big part of uh, the concept of both the mission and the model. Um, Got it. And yeah, like I said, you know, by forces outside of our control, uh, had to migrate to, to, you know, virtual events in, in May of, uh, you know, 2020, six weeks after we had launched. Um, but, you know, really leaned super hard into those and, um, you know, got onto a great cadence of them. Uh, you know, we're doing about one a week and really bring, bringing people together, which especially in those early days of the pandemic, I mean, you know, by now we've stopped doing virtual events because just everyone is like, Everybody's everyone's been exhausted them for a long time but for for a while that was actually like yeah. a really meaningful you know service that we could provide and so we get to work with um you know really fantastic uh you know partners of uh like service providers for the uh for the tech startup uh industry so we we get to work with a lot of really amazing way you know with law firms with banks with accountants and you know all, all of that good stuff um where we have these kind of integrated relationships with them um you know whether it's on the site or through the newsletters or the podcast videos things like that that we're doing on the content side and mm-hmm. also presence at 
you know, our events and, you know, being able to, you know, touch the current and future decision makers in, you know, this exploding uh, 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 ecosystem. And so, um, so we've been finding a lot of, you know, you know, really great success uh, and mutually beneficial relationships for that. And that has definitely been, um, you know, the, the, at least V1 of what we're focused on uh for revenue and so um you know we're pretty you know we're, we're getting pretty close to break even on that alone um and in the meantime we're you know focusing on building out other ancillary job uh, ancillary revenue streams like so for example uh probably by the time that that uh this podcast comes out we'll have um you know launched we have our first uh jobs product called interchange la that is going to be you know focused on you know connecting great talent with great companies, uh, both, both internally within LA, but also, you know, great, great talent in LA reaching global companies, you know, remote companies, similarly, um, uh, you know, LA based companies reaching global talent. So finding that balance between the local ecosystem, while obviously we live in a globalized remote, everyone's kind of just living in zoom uh, uh, recruiting ecosystem and so uh, we're really we're really excited about that as being you know a win-win-win driver of like a uh, uh, great little business unit that leverages kind of the relationships that we've built in the reach that we've built sure. um, and we've got a, a you know a few other things like that in the works um, and then like I said yeah we have our, our first summit uh, coming up at the end of October that we're really jazzed about. Um, and you know, yeah, it's been, uh, uh, it, yeah, it's been really fun and kind of cobbling together these, you know, great, uh, revenue streams while, you know, the first and foremost focus being what's the kind of relationship that we can be having, how can we best be serving the audience because everything else is downstream from there really. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 I mean, there's so much going on, especially in media, you know, really. So it sounds like you brought on some partners, sponsors and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm curious because, you know, a lot of that requires, um, getting some content, building some kind of audience and stuff like that. So did you have to take some of your own money, you and your co-founder put it in there to kind of build the team and start, getting content out there, start actually mm -hmm. getting, you know, SEO building, like, so you have something totally. to say, Hey, this is what we have to offer. And we, and you start bringing people on and stuff like that. Just, you don't have to go in too much depth, but just curious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on, on how that looked. Yeah, no, for sure. So we, um, so, so when, when my co-founder and I first co-founded the company, um, you know, he, he put in the kind of original, like pre pre-seed money, basically yeah. just to, just to really, you know, get off the ground, like Jump start, incorporated, yeah. start getting trademarks, things like that. Um, and then we, uh, we did raise around, uh, as I mentioned earlier. And, and that was, um, you know, that was a really fun experience, uh, because, you know, we were, we were pre-launched at that point. So we were pre-product, we weren't quite pre-team, um, but it was very bare bones by then. And so then in what Q4 of 2019, uh, we basically went around to, um, to the major players in the LA tech and investment and startup ecosystem and basically made that pitch of saying like, um, you know, consumer media is not traditionally compatible with venture right. economics in right. this day and age. 
um, for a number of reasons that you you just kind of uh, uh, outlined, right? Yeah. It's pretty capital intensive. Um, <laughs> it takes a long time to build um, a relationship with the audience, to build the audience. Um, and so it's very, very difficult to, uh, you, you know, hit that traditional venture rocket ship of like, hey, look, there's a 95% chance that this is going to fall apart uh, <laughs> in the next 18 months, but there's a 5% chance that this is going to be a $2 billion company in, right. you know, right. 18 months, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't square that way for for this, this industry or this type of play. That said, um, specifically the sort of stuff that we're doing is a, you know, it creates a rising tide that lifts all ships. And so if you're invested in this market and this ecosystem, you want this to exist because it will have all kinds of yeah. second order effects, positive effects for, you know, yourselves, your, your profile, your port codes, yep. your, their profile and all of that. And so, um, so you want this to exist. And that said, it is significantly higher likely, even if it's not going to be a, you know, $2 billion company in 18 months, um, you know, there is a big hole here, right? And, you know, you can do the TAM and all of that of like, you know, you have these like zombie business journals just <laughs> stumbling around because no one has no one has thought to go and disrupt that. And, um, and also it's, you know, as I was kind of alluding to, uh, you prove the model in LA and then you can start to scale up and, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a, there is a very clear path to a scale, great media company. Yeah. Um, but you know, we wanted to be really straight up where it's like, it's not, we're, we're, we're not going to operate this on traditional venture fundability, you, you know, timelines and trajectories, cause that's not going to work for what we're <laughs> trying to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So we went around and we um, basically, you know, convinced a lot of the key players here to, you know, write checks that were, while significant, you know, to us or to most normal people, you know, are <laughs> yeah. a, a fraction of the typical types of checks that they write. Right. So it's not going to be, Digestible. you know, they're not going to lose sleep, you know, if, if we're not, uh, you know, a $2 billion company uh, six on that trajectory six months from then. Um, and, but we did that, you know, since we did that to everyone and once you get a couple of people, then you start getting the FOMO effect and all of yeah. that. Yeah. And um, so we were, so we were able to piece together, um, you know, uh, this, this round from, a number of comparatively small checks, but um, such that the the types of players that we wanted to be invested in our success in both yeah. a literal yeah. and like, you know, hey, if we call you to speak at our summit or something, we want you to answer the phone kind of level. Um, we were able to kind of piece that together. Um, and then the other thing is because we're, uh, a news organization and, and, a, and a media company, um, you know, we wanted to have everyone involved because then that kind of, that eliminates any kind of accusations of, uh, you know, bias of like, oh, you know, XVC is the main funder of this company. And so then they yeah, always like yeah. make it easy on them or something like that, where it's like, look, we can't be biased to everyone. 
So if everyone's involved, then, then it evens <laughs> out. So, yeah. so that was our approach on the kind of early days of the funding of it. Um, and uh, in terms of like future financing rounds, I can't totally get into that too much, but I think we would yeah, want cool. to, we would want to take kind of a similar approach of it and like maybe have a, an anchor investor to, you know, really, because this would be, you know, yep. moving to other markets, but we would want to do the same thing of like in any market that we come into, we want to find like the right partners and have right. that, you know, have the incentives aligned. So um, so yeah, it's an, it's an interesting model. Um, but it's one that was, has been really good for us so far. Yeah. I mean, it makes total sense. Cause you know, we, I, I have a just little taste of experience. Uh, you know, we ran a digital magazine. We re-interviewed Ariana Huffington, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, all these guys, we're doing all this stuff. And, but we were in the social entrepreneurship space and it was, sure. we had, you know, investor conversations. Um, yeah. And it was a little difficult, you know, we got close on a couple uh, rounds and, you know, hearing, you know, the tech side, which is super popular, especially with all the big players in Silicon Valley, I can see the synergy there on how you can really make a strong case because they're going to say, yeah, a dedicated channel that we can kind of be part of growing. And then if you can prove out this process, like you're already doing, then expanding into other areas will probably snowball pretty good for you. So mm-hmm. I can imagine some big rounds up and coming. Um, Cause I know like when I followed Ariana with like thrive global and stuff like that, you know, she got, I forget what the first round was like, but let's just make it up and say it's 5 million. But then the second round is like 20 million. Then it's like another 30 million. And you're like, damn, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, because these, 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 these media companies, man, they are, super cool and exciting, but they do take a lot of fuel to get it going. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like you guys are on a really great track. So um, I'm curious on how you, and you really position the brand, I think in a good way to the investors, which made it enticing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious on some of the maybe challenges in the first year that you found, you know, building the brand, because I'm sure you had some challenges and you know, this, this makes all the listeners feel a little bit like, man, you guys are crushing it, but guys, we all go through roadblocks here. So I'm (laughs) sure you got a few. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, <laughs> I mean, this this is a bit of a cop out answer, but I think that the uh, pandemic uh, happening six weeks into our launch was uh, a, a bit of a curveball. I mean, I came into yeah. it. So I'm a first time founder, um, uh, and so I came into you know 2020. We knew we were launching January 27th, and I came into it knowing like, okay, this year is going to be. I'm just going to have to be agile and flexible because you know anything happens in startup world. And, and so, you know, we're just going to have to roll with the punches and, you know, pivot and pivot, you know, and all that. And so, so I was ready for that mentality coming into it. I don't think anyone could have uh, expected, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So you're, uh, you know, uh, your company that is one of the two major pillars of it was, you know, hosting large scale in-person events. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. not going to be possible for 18 months or whatever. Uh, you know, it was definitely, that was definitely a big curveball and involved a lot of, you know, scrambling. I mean, the, the fun thing about that was, um, you know, because we were in that state and it wasn't just me, it was the whole team was like, okay, like, let's go. We don't know, you know, we're, we're going live. We don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, we're ready for anything. Yeah. And so, 
so yeah, I remember, you know, when things were first, uh, you know, turning into when things were getting serious and it went from, oh, yeah, this is where there's some weird stuff happening in China to like, oh, you know, like we're going to be covering this conference in, you know, early March. But I, is it like, is it sketchy? Uh, I remember I had like, I was like, I was like, I was like, uh, oh, I, someone just invited me to South by Southwest in two weeks, but like, I don't know, I, that that seems a little dangerous. And then all of a sudden, like, you just remember, okay, and everything just cascading down. Yeah. And um, so, you know, the the nice thing about that was because we were so agile, was we were able to hit it super quickly. And I remember it was you know March like ninth or tenth or something, right when it was just starting to become clear that things were going to get bad. Uh, and so we, we were like, oh, you know, we, we thought we were novel at the time. We we're like, oh, why, why don't we do like a virtual event? Right. <laughs> uh, instead. And so we did our first one of them. I think it was on like March 15th of like 2020 of like, it, you know, it was, it, it was even before Zoom was like the clear category definer. So yeah, we did it yeah. on like go to go to webinar or something like that. Very <laughs> like 1999 technology. <laughs> but just to give a sense of like, hey, I, I, if you guys remember time before Zoom, it was not <laughs> it was not obvious. It's very yeah, this. Yeah. So we did. So we did our first one of those. Uh, and it was literally just like, uh, what the hell is, uh, what, you know, what is going on with this, the, this pandemic. And so we had, you know, like, a, a epidemiology professor and like an investor and, you know, some, like, we just convened, you know, this round table of it and, uh, obviously extremely primitive. And then within like a month, everyone and their mother was doing that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah. it does go to show just like the, uh, yeah, there are many, many, there are always going to be challenges when you're trying to build something new. I think that, I mean, just the fundamental universal force of inertia, right? <laughs> guarantees that, right? If you're going to try to change something, you're going to get resistance to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. sometimes, sometimes in expected ways, sometimes in unexpectable ways like that. Um, but yeah, we've, we've definitely, uh, uh, we've definitely picked up our, our share of, uh, war stories in the, uh, uh, eight, what, 18, 19 months that we've been launched, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, still, still standing, uh, and, and, uh, uh, no worse for the wear. Luckily. That's right. And my, you know, my, over the years doing this stuff, my philosophy is I've learned is that the obstacle in the path becomes the path. So you just got to lean in and see the positive side. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <You> know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Just honestly, it's like flowing with it more than right. You know, you just, you, you, you turn into the skid, right? <laughs> That's it. It's like in quicksand, man. To, you don't fight yeah. it. Just relax. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. It's um, a good, good mentality to have. It really is valuable. And I think the more for the longer someone's an entrepreneur, the more they start to realize this if they want to see progress, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. so I'm curious, um, you know, you have an office and I think that makes more sense because you're in the media space, probably, you know, you got writers mm -hmm. and things all kind of um, did, did you start out out of the gate with an office or did you do a virtual team for a while? So, yeah, I, I mean, a little of both. Um, so we were already, semi-remote or at least remote friendly um and uh it, 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 we did have we had we had an office we actually had two spaces in a, a co-working space chain in la 
um, one that was like central, um, and then one, the smaller satellite one that was in, uh, downtown. Um, and, and then we got rid of that, uh, very early on in the pandemic. Um, and then we got our current place, um, in, when was that? That was probably like June. It was, it was, uh, pre-Delta variant, uh, if that dates uh, when this interview is happening. Um, but I, I, I still stand by it. it, it's, it so the, the idea behind getting, getting an office again post-pandemic was that I, I really do think that um, there are benefits to seeing each other on some kind of regular basis. It's not five days a week. I don't think I'm, I'm certainly not going to be working out of an office five days a week for the rest of my career. No company that I have control over will, will be doing it either. But I do think that it's, it's good to have, it's good to offer a space certainly because different people have different, you know, uh, uh, desires and, and thresholds. And I do think that you have a responsibility as an employer to, if possible, offer, you know, somewhere to go. That's not, your, you know, uh, your work from home arrangement, because, uh, you know, like I certainly was starting to go insane, you know, by that <laughs> yeah. and not, not yeah. at my best self, just like always in, you know, my spot. And so, I know the feeling. so now doing that a couple of days a week, as opposed to all of the time is mm-hmm. a much for me, healthier balance. And, yeah. um, and the, you know, so there are some of our folks like that, I don't think have ever been into the office, which is fine. I mean, there are some, we have some folks who are not in LA at all. And I know that that's a really uh, common thing now with companies. Ours is a little bit different because we are, you know, specifically focused on, on a geography. Um, And, you know, there are some folks who are in almost every day. It's the office. Um, So I think it's, I, I think it's important to, I found it important to at least offer that for those who want it. And, you know, try to aim to get people, especially with people who are working directly in teams together, if they're comfortable with it and if it's safe in person together every now and then, just because I think that that pays a lot of dividends in terms of like morale, creativity, um, you know, giving each other the benefit of the doubt, frankly, I think that there's a tendency to, um, you know, if you don't know someone super well or you're not seeing them uh, on yeah. a regular basis yeah. to, you know, you see something on Slack and, you know, it's there's no, con- you know, there's no tone in there. And so you can sometimes like uh, uh, not give them the benefit of the doubt or something. And yeah. so I think yeah, that for it's sure. just for cohesion and culture building, I think that having a space, at least for us, having access to a space was important. Um, but I know that, that, uh, uh, that, that wise minds can have different philosophies on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I think it makes sense. And there is something to, uh, you know, being able to have everybody get together, uh, at least once in a while, like you said, I've always enjoyed that too. It's something that I've missed since I left corporate world since I, you know, doing that stuff, I've been working with virtual teams around the world and stuff. And it, it's like this evolutionary new pattern of what entrepreneurship has become and how teams are being built. And, you know, it leads me to my next uh, question, which is really around company culture. Um, And, you know, that's part of your brand and the expression of how you guys uh, operate like an operating system. 
And so I'm curious on how you guys distill a company culture with people because you do have the virtual, but you also have, you know, some people coming in the office and you guys are growing kind of quick, right? So most people don't mm-hmm. have offices and teams in year one. They're kind of just like getting their feet right. right. So have you guys gone through strategically and thought about really like, what is this culture? Like, how, what are the values? Like, what do we look like? You know, customer experience, like all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, that, um, it, it I think that that overlaps really heavily with like the external brand, right? I mean, that's not, uh, I, I don't think that's some kind of revelation or something that, you know, it, that that the way that you operate internally is intensely related to the way that you operate and are perceived externally. And so, yeah. um, so I think that it's, um, you know, I, I think that that has honestly to, to go back to your earlier question, um, that has been one of my biggest challenges um, of figuring out how to build a build and promote a, you know, positive, uh, you know, collegial, passionate um, culture in a virtual world, especially one that, you know, not only are you not seeing each other, but also right. like the world is just super scary and like people are, you know, and I think it's a lot better now than it was, you know, this time last year, certainly. Um, But I think that that has been, that was a real uphill battle. Um, And it was really hard to, you know, do like uh, our holiday party. We did like a, a, a virtual escape room over zoom. Right. And that was a lot of fun, but it is, there are just like fundamental limitations to yeah, yeah. Um, how, how much you can do uh, when everyone is just kind of behind a computer screen and like in their own context and in their own home all the time. And it's hard to, you know, create something that is really going to, um, you know, reinforce that and, and encourage everyone to be uh, at their best and, and, you know, most aligned and, you know, comfortable taking risks and all of that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that is one of the main reasons that we got the office so that we could, you know, at least for those who want to and are comfortable, you know, coming in regularly and even beyond that, it, it, I think cascades, um, you know, being able to, whether it's like doing small outings or just kind of chance communications or, you know, spitballing ideas and things like that, um, uh, that has been, you know, something that we really work on and, and trying to be intentional about like promoting uh, a culture of, you know, positive reinforcement and, you know, like, giving, you know, giving feedback, but making sure that it's, you know, respectful and productive and, you know, all of that kind of stuff that is, uh, you know, I like to think pretty universal in terms of the kind of uh, cultures that that we want to be working in. And so, um, you know, that's ultimately that is a responsibility that rolls up to me. And it's one that like, I try to take very seriously. Um, Oh, yeah. But yeah, 
will not uh, uh, will not deny that uh, that that has been uh, uh, a difficult thing to to try to uh, promote and reinforce. Yeah. When you know, six weeks after we assembled the team, we all <laughs> didn't see each other for like over a year. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I had an interesting conversation with somebody who is a specialist in you know company culture and HR and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, I asked like, what do you do when you're mostly virtual and you're not you know in person and kind of, you get that vibe. Um, and just knowing it, she's like, well, basically today, a lot of people are like, if you have a brand book or you have it on paper somewhere, like, you know, what are the values of the company? She's like, you have to make sure people are just aware and kind of re- you reinforce those things and people believe in what you're doing as a company. Right. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned respect and respect in my, that's actually one of our, our company values as well. And it's like, we, um, you know, that means showing up on time. If you're going to be late, mm-hmm. let somebody know, like, you know, don't throw mm-hmm. people under the bus, right? It's like all those little things that make the team kind of work well together. Right. So one of the last things I just wanted to get into was, um, what is really the promise behind your content? Like, what are we trying to accomplish as a company here? And like, mm-hmm. why should people be reading this content? Absolutely. So, I mean, our, our goal, our mission is to, you know, shine a light on all of the amazing things that are happening in the LA tech and startup ecosystem. And, and, you know, we hope that by doing that, it will, um, you know, create a virtuous cycle where, you know, on one level, maybe like these companies get, you know, uh, seen by the right, you know, customers at the right time or right potential investors at the right time. And it creates this, this flywheel effect where, uh, you know, the, that they, you know, get to their next investment round or hit their benchmarks or things like that. And so, you know, we're, and so we think that by shining a light on, uh, all of this great stuff that's happening um, and, it, you know, as well as different trends and things like that and helping the LA tech and startup community like grow into the best version of itself that it can be. Um, and we do that by, you know, writing, you know, engaging stories, you know, making engaging videos, doing engaging podcasts, things that, that, that people will want to seek out and that they can't get elsewhere. Um, and you know, by, and if by doing so we can, you know, fuel innovation, both within LA or within the cities that we're operating in, but also like around the world, right. And giving a different perspective on, you know, tech than, than what you're currently getting from, you know, kind of the, the, the dinosaurs in the tech media, like the, you know, tech crunches or wired or whatever. And, um, that, you know, local media is like not able to do like the, you know, the newspapers or business journals or anything like that. And so we're really trying to, um, you know, reinvent the way that people learn about like what's going on, whether it's in their city or a different city or something like that. And, you know, create a, um, a new model for this in a way that, um, you know, we, we, we've seen already is, is, is resonating with folks and, you know, we're just going to keep trying to, to, uh, uh, do better and, and, you know, have this effect to the greatest degree that we possibly can. Got it. Awesome. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you just taking the time to jump on here today, Sam. Um, so let's just let people know where they can dig into your content and learn more about what you guys have going on. 
Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so dot LA, um, that's our URL, dot period LA. Um, you know, you'll see, you'll see the latest, uh, uh, you'll see what we've got going on. Uh, definitely sign up for the newsletter, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast, things like that. Um, the social channels, they're pretty much all at DOTLA. Um, and, you know, I think that, uh, I think that your audience will really enjoy this. Um, and, you know, we're, we're really excited to, uh, to, to keep growing and, and keep trying to have great effect. Um, and so really appreciate you having me on and, uh, this was great, great time. Appreciate it, man. All right. We'll catch up with you next time. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for tuning into the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Don't forget to stop by changecreator.com for more information, fresh articles, content, and our services if you're looking to build a brand that people love. And please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate your support.